You know, I look at mental health on a continuum. Down this extreme end, you're in crisis and you might want to finish things. Up this end, you're excelling and you're thriving and life is great. And we oscillate between the two. You can be in crisis one day and bloody thriving the next minute and then you're back into surviving. So understanding the continuum is really important. And as an agent uh, and as a group of people that have spent a lot of time together, understanding where we are in that continuum as a group is really important. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington with you for the latest edition of Courageous Conversation. And with me is a name and a face that is very well known to so many of us in the real estate industry, Jet Xavier. Thanks so much for being here, Jet. Leanne, it's always a pleasure to see you and you're always inspiring as usual. And sparkly. You're always sparkly. That's <laughs> a good I'm not surprised by that. I, I would I would be surprised if you weren't sparkly. I'd be going, oh, what's going on with Leanne? Or something. Yeah, exactly. I um I actually gave away a whole lot of my black clothes um this week to one of my team members. She only wears black, and I never wear black. And I just don't feel like myself when I'm wearing black. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I got the opposite. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, to each their own. We we both, we both make a statement. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Now you're a um, you're a high performance coach, but you are really um, connected into the um, mental health yeah. um, world. Talk to me about why that became your path. So in the industry for eleven years now, it's, it's gone quickly. Uh, working with business owners in particular, and and agents that are fairly established. So that's been the sort of frame for the last eleven years. In 2016-17, I sort of started to get a a roll-on of principals and lead agents that were doing really well in business, but they haven't got the life part right. You know, there might have been relationship pressures. They might have had anxiety, mental health issues, uh, stress. Um, And I sort of went searching for information about the industry and mental health and wellness and well-being, and I couldn't find anything. So I thought, all right, well, let's get some sort of research done and um, let's find out off the people what is actually happening in our industry. And so 2017, ran a few uh, roundtables and ran a couple of events with neuroscientists and stress experts and and research, uh, surveyed a thousand people and brought out the first white paper, I think in 2018. And it it wasn't really a shock, but it was, uh, you know, alarming to know that, you know, 50 plus percent of the industry is consistently stressed or anxious. Um, close to 50 percent struggle with their physical health. Close to 50 percent um, say that work impacts on personal relationships. And the sort of list went on. And so that sort of sparked my you know, interest in the fact that, OK, what's being done um, in the industry for these people that are going through that? And, and how can we start to fix it? And so we brought out more research a couple of years later, um, uh, same sort of statistics. And then COVID hit and we brought out uh, research throughout COVID, similar sort of statistics as well. And then subsequently the RISE movement with Chris Hanley and the, the team sort of 
uh, I guess, embraced the whole mental health uh, research that was done and they've just taken it to a whole nother level around getting leadership like yourself involved and getting the conversation on the agenda at the highest level. Um, the leadership conference they just had in Melbourne was phenomenal, 95 leaders in the industry. That was an event like no other, that one. Yeah, and so to get that many leaders uh, in one room talking about mental health was like uh, an amazing feat and well done to Chris and the team. Yeah. So it's sort of I've passed the research on to, to Sarah Bell in particular and Rise and hopefully it's going to keep being done for years to come. There's been no significant change in the time that you've been doing the research? Not, not really. There's been, there's been a couple of little incremental shifts, but nothing major. Yeah. Um, so if we look, I've got a couple of things here. If we look at the, the statistical avatar over that time since 2017, uh, agents are experiencing poor levels of physical and psychological health. They're feeling less positive and happy overall, and they're feeling stagnant in their accomplishments. So that's the statistical avatar from the time we started to sort of now. On the other side, though, on the upside, they're achieving better balance and are more engaged with their community in the world around them. I think this is COVID-driven, feeling more loved and supported, particularly at work, and they're experiencing or seeking to find purpose and meaning more, which I think is another COVID thing. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know whether you found this, but I, um so maybe, I don't know, five years ago, the conversation was all around um, technology and how technology was going to take over from agents and all that sort of stuff, whereas now we know that's not going to happen. Um, but even more so, people are talking about relationships, they're talking about values, they're talking about their community and connection and vulnerability, and it's not a conversation um, that that I really heard. No. Well, it's the, same, it's the same with the mental health conversation. It's not one that's talked about in the industry, um, and it's been a slow burner as far as getting the message out there and getting key people in the industry like yourself on board to have these conversations. Um, I mean... I, I'm constantly fielding calls from clients who are going through really tough times, great businesses, but something's fallen apart in their personal life and they might have high levels of anxiety. They might have med be medicated. Uh, some are at the point of you know suicidal ideation as well, unfortunately. Um, and so in our industry, we look across it, but we don't see that happening. It's not um, it's not voiced at any sort of level. You know what? That that's exactly why I started this podcast um, many years ago. I was out with some girlfriends and um, industry girlfriends. And I said, you know, I'm so sick of podcasts and hearing how good everybody is and hearing about all these multi-million dollar, you know, all of the GCI and the shiny suits and cars and shoes and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I love the trappings of success like a lot of people do, but I want people to know that life is not always good. Um, you know, we've all got challenges and we can all get through it. And that's yeah. what's so important. Yeah, and I think... The great thing that's happened through the research and the uh, subsequent rise movement is that it's on the agenda now. Yeah. So much so that it can't sort of be ignored. You know, there are still people in the industry that I've approached to become supporters of the, or just the research that I did in the events that I put on a couple of years ago, who were really taken aback and said that it's just rubbish and just bullshit and, you know, not a problem with my group and we don't need any help and all this type of stuff. And yet you've got marriages falling apart, kids not seeing their parents, you know, heart attacks happening, mental health issues. You know, I've trained 
people that have been at the top of the brands in Australia who have, you know, had anxiety that's had them pull over and have to stop driving because they've been so uh, anxious and stressed out because of, you know, a whole lot of varying factors that have impacted on their life. Um, Back five, six years ago, you wouldn't have talked about that. Now, thank God, we're starting to have those conversations through mediums like this and podcasts and the Rise Movement, et cetera. It's where we go to from here. Uh, it's what we do next. I think that's important. And you know, I'm, next Monday, I don't know if you've seen the one in Sydney or Melbourne, but there's a uh, a mental health series on that Rise are putting on uh, for business owners and and agents around how to have the conversation around mental health. Yeah, because that's the that the, I've I've obviously been involved in the conversation since Rise um, in Melbourne earlier this year, and um, and that was my feedback um, was. We don't need more people standing up on stage kind of talking at us. We need to be able to help people to actually have those conversations with their teams because that's where the change will happen, right? Yeah. You know, I call it speaking up, speaking out and speaking now. And speaking up is as a, you know, we we just did a mental health thing at an office of 40 people up in Mackay uh, the other day and the whole premise was, hey, guys, if we can get you to normalise the conversation around mental health, that's going to go a long way in you supporting each other outside of the ways you already support each other. Um, and, you know, we're not encouraged to normalise the conversation. We'll talk about sport. We'll talk about the footy. We'll talk about how much we're making. We'll talk about business. But there's something that holds us back from going, hey, I'm just having a shit day and my head's not in the right place. And it doesn't have to, you know, I look at mental health on a continuum down this extreme end, you're in crisis and you might want to finish things. Up this end, you're excelling and you're thriving and life is great. And we oscillate between the two. You can be in crisis one day and bloody thriving the next minute and then you're back into surviving. So understanding the continuum is really important. And as an agent uh, and as a group of people that have spent a lot of time together, understanding where we are on that continuum as a group is really important, uh, more so that we have conversations about uh, that. So, uh, and, and that's starting to happen. We're, we're normalising it. We're going, well, it's okay to, to show a little bit of uh, vulnerability and how you're sort of feeling. Yeah. I mean, I did a... Um, a pod, not a podcast of social this morning for a group. You know, the other day I was frustrated, got out of bed in a bad mood, and you bumped my head and I had the shits and, you know, started to get a bit depressive. I got a background of depression. Yeah. Um, but I could talk about it openly knowing that, you know, some might judge, but most are going to go, yeah, I relate to that as well. And so, you know, I guess part of the process that I've been on as well is, is resourcing and uh, the book that I brought out, Champions Cry 2, um, that's a book that has 12 stories in it with people like Kate Strickland and Tom Carlin and uh, Nick Pappas, all agents that are like multi, multi-million dollar agents who have got these killer backstories yeah. of really, you know, big challenge and uh, tragedy for some that have come through that mental health journey and they're able to share and talk about it. So that's a great resource for people. So there's a lot of resourcing coming out around normalizing the conversation so that's the speaking up bit the speaking out is breaking the stereotypes about you know it ain't weak to speak it's not about toughening up forget hustle and grind let's hustle and thrive instead and you know having those conversations and and being a person that stands up to this attitude that still is in the industry that you know you just got to be tough and you don't show weakness and only the the strong survive and winning isn't the only thing it's everything and all this sort of crap yeah that's you know lost in greed wall street in the 80s 
we're still sort of holding on to. Um, I think we're in uh, a really big transformational phase at the moment. And the more we can press the down on the ground, like you were saying, the face-to-face conversations, yeah. the more it sort of spreads. I mean, and there's some there's some good businesses doing some good things. I mean, Brian, uh, the group down in Melbourne that I do some stuff with, they've got a wellness wellbeing program like many, and they're really committed to it. So, you know, as a group, they've gone, okay, this is important for our people. And they've, you know, put their money where their mouth is and they're doing something great. Yeah. And as are a lot of different offices now around Australia in groups like yourself. Yeah. We've got a couple of our offices uh, at Lang and Simmons that are doing some really great things, but um, it's, they're the exception rather than the rule at the moment. And I'm sure that that's going to change over the next um, period of time. Well, people are understanding from a business perspective, the return on investment is a dollar, $15 for every dollar spent. And so business owners are starting to go, hang on a second, you know, there's a there's a business acumen position here that I have to take consideration of. There's other research that shows uh, real estate, in real estate in particular, offices with a well wellness and well-being platform are far more attractive agencies than offices that don't have that. You know, I was just on a conversation with the principal before this podcast, and we're talking about retention. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting um, statistic that Deloitte's brought out. Um, they surveyed employees and employers around uh, what was valuable to the employee around well-being and yeah. what was offered by the employer. And flexible schedule was valued by 86% of the people that were surveyed, yet only 50% of employees were offering the program. And it goes on to talk about telecommuting and assistance programs. And it was interesting that, what was valued around wellness and well-being was up in the 60 to 80% range. However, what was offered was under the 30% range. <laughs> yeah, we had a session with our business owners on a leadership session on recruitment and retention just this week. And um, and it was very interesting, the, the, the attitude, um, the attitude around that flexibility um, and that work from home opportunity. It's really, um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm judged negatively because I let my people all all of my people are remote, yeah. um, and I've got one moving from Adelaide to to New Guinea, and when she said, you know, this is what's happening, I'm like, doesn't matter to me whether you're in in um in PNG or Adelaide, like uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. But yeah, I, I wonder why why do you think so many people are loath to allow that flexibility? It's like everything, uh, Leanne. People are afraid of change. And so, you know, when tech comes in, there's only a small portion of the industry that embraces it and runs with it. And the rest go, oh, I don't want to use that. I'm not going to implement that. Um, It's the same uh, with change in wellness and well-being. It's like there's still this sort of post-war harden up type of attitude that's, you know, pervades in the real estate industry. And so anything that comes along that's almost an opponent to that is going to get, you know, disproved of yeah. um, until, you know, educated people start making educated decisions and nothing's really going to change. And, and, so- and changing, I mean, leadership's changing as well and what people want from their leaders. And certainly I've, um, you know, I'm a baby boomer, sadly, um, but um, I've had to change my leadership style massively and managing a remote team um, you have to be outcome focused. Yeah. So I'm not about micromanaging them. I'm about um, understanding the outcome and just checking in with them um, and on the milestones of that outcome. 
Yeah, I think you're on point there around the, the leadership. And it's the leadership self-leading. They have to lead themselves. Um, and I think a lot of leaders find that hard to do. It's sort of, in a sense, easy to run a business, but to run yourself, to be the CEO of yourself is sometimes hard. So there's that sort of conflict there when it comes to then implementing wellness and well-being principles and protocols. If you're not almost walking the talk, so to speak, as well, I think there's a bit of that um, that challenge for leaders because it's uh, it's confronting. Because if you're going to bring in wellness and well-being platforms into your workspace, you're going to have to sort of be an example of that as well, uh, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Not that we have to be Olympians, but there has to be a level of, you know, uh, practice what you preach type of mentality. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the get-together of all the leaders in Melbourne was a, a monumental sort of achievement. And I think if those leaders can then take that to their groups like yourself are doing, yeah. um, I think we're going to see some shifts pretty quickly over the next couple of years in particular. And, you know, based on, you know, the jury's out on the research. There's no, it's categorically, yes, you need wellness and wellbeing platforms in your business. If you don't have them, you're not actually going to succeed as much as you would. You're not going to be able to have great stuff. I mean, wellness and wellbeing platforms in business, nine times um, less sick leave, 147 more productive hours. Wow. Um, so there's a whole range of research that says tick, 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 tick. Um, it's just, I think, ignorance sometimes and uh, a little bit of arrogance that stops people stepping in and going, okay, this is the new way. This is important. This is a care economy now for our people. This is how we get the best out of them. This is going to make my business actually thrive. Yeah. And I need to take this message sort of seriously. The other thing that I've been, I was really disturbed to find out last week, I'm on the board of the Real Estate Industry Super Fund. And one of the questions that we ask on the board at the board meetings each quarter is what are the trends that you're seeing um, in our um, in our claims? And um, tragically, the trend that we are seeing right now is an increase in terminal illness. Yeah, right. And we're not exactly sure why, but we're we're sort of guessing that we're seeing that because during COVID, people didn't go to doctors. Yeah. Um, and um, and specialists are so hard to get. You know, take so much time to get in to specialists now that by the time people are getting there, it's too late. Mm. Now that is massively concerning, but that also then. And this is the real estate. This is real estate industry super, right? And yep. so that then puts a massive um, mental health um, burden on people that are dealing with that kind of um, stuff in their lives as well, right? Yeah, it comes out. It's coming from all angles. I mean, that unfortunate as that is, the the upside is that everything the lid's being lifted off. Yeah. Yes. And and we're seeing it, and it's becoming so apparent it can't be ignored. You know. Um, whether it was always there or not, I, I don't know. I, I assume it was. We just didn't have the reporting mechanisms that we do now. But across the board, stuff that you're talking about and general, you know, mental health reporting is being um, more common. And I think that's yeah. good. You can't, it's getting, I mean, my point is you can't ignore it. No, you absolutely can't. And I think that's a good, well, it's not good it happens, but it's good that that's happening because someone has to take, you know, I think it's everyone's responsibility, not only leadership, but I think mental health is everybody's responsibility. So, And so how do you, um, how do you have those conversations? If I've got somebody 
who I'm working alongside of or across the, the screen from. Yeah. And I'm a little bit concerned about them. How do you how do you have those conversations? So for me, it's about identifying where they are on the continuum, yeah? Yep. So if Johnny comes to me and goes, mate, I've, I've, I've had enough, I just can't stand it anymore and I'm, I'm over drinking, I'm taking some drugs, like they're down this end, of the, I'm trying to, you know, see where they are because as soon as they go into what I call that reporting territory, I'm encouraging them to seek professional help, yeah? So for me, it's understanding that we go from excited, enthusiastic, your life's great to oh, I've had enough of this, I want out. Um and, you know, I've got a background in counselling and working with people that are suicidal, so I've got a bit of an advantage in doing that. So it's identifying where they are and then it's treating it from that position if I'm going to engage in a conversation with them. So if they're in just surviving, things are a bit tough, they're a bit sluggish, nothing's really happening, they're down on themselves, that's sort of a different conversation that I'm going to have that if they're, you know, at the end of their rope, they're stressed to the max, they're just about to go bankrupt, their wife's going to leave them, they've got a raging cocaine habit. You know, that's a different conversation and I'm going to definitely pass that on to a professional who's going to sort of take or encourage the person to to go on to a professional. You know, when you see people and they're just not themselves and it might not be, they're not, might not be even, um, it might not be that they're showing signs of depression. Yeah. I've been around people that have got that, they've got that mask, right? And yeah. so their smile doesn't seem right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're smiling, but they're just, doesn't seem right yeah i mean the whole idea of being there comes to mind because people are not being encouraged to talk yeah so they they'll suppress it and they'll hold it in and so if you're not, if you're not encouraged to talk leanne about something that's almost a taboo like mental health then me trying to get you to say something is going to be near impossible you're going to protect hold back and you know put the wall up all I can do is let you know that I'm there and hopefully whatever bond or friendship we have or relationship will that allow that to open where you feel safe enough to talk. Yeah. I think that's the key thing, people feeling safe. Safe. That, that, that comes back to that, um, that project Aristotle that Google did, the high-performance yep. team, that psychological safety is such an important part of um of teams right yeah and that's part of that's part of the conversation so you know ha having to normalize the conversation isn't about people all of a sudden going hey i feel great about talking to my colleague about how i'm feeling it's about creating safe spaces for people to be open and share and then know that there's going to be you know uh, a, a sort of a, a pathway or a roadmap to further help if they need it or in that situation just someone to listen to um but that's the big turning the tanker. It's getting people to normalise it so they feel comfortable being able to share without judgement um, and without criticism and without these stereotypes that happen. So if I've, you know, based on my relationship with the person is going to be based on the conversation I'm going to have with them, yeah. more so about how much they feel safe and how much they're going to open up uh, to me. They feel comfortable and safe and we have some sort of bonded friendship and relationship, even if it's just a 10-minute one, built on that, then they're more likely to be uh, able to open up about where they're at. If we don't have that, they're not going to. So they're therefore, to. my yeah. role is to go, well, I'm here. And that's that's all I can be. It's a good point because a lot of principals that I've talked to go, well, mate, I'm not a bloody counsellor. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a special, I'm not a psychologist. What the hell? And I go, you don't have to be, yeah? 
You have to know support networks if you need them, but just an ER is enough. <laughs> you don't have to come back with the great answer. You don't have to stop them feeling like that. You don't have to be the one that makes them change their emotion or their mood. Yeah. But there is some level of responsibility about just being there for that human at that point in time in however they, uh, they, they need it. I think people get caught up in, well, shit, I have to learn this particular skill and I have to get it right and I have to make sure I say this and I don't say that. It's not hard to be human. Yeah. It's like, Leanne, I'm here. You don't want to chat, that's okay, but I've noticed you've been a bit flat lately. What's going on? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with saying, I, I don't know I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's the sometimes the best thing you can say. Yeah. You know? Um, because that keeps it a, a, the neutrality around the conversation. Um, and you can't do what the person needs to do. It's their decision. It's their world. It's their, uh, they're on the continuum and they're experiencing what they're experiencing. Um, and so sometimes it principles shy away from it because it's too hard. It gets in the too hard basket. It's like, well, I can't do that. So we've got to sort of simplify that. Well, I think also um, a lot of um, a lot of principals aren't comfortable having those conversations um, themselves, so they right. don't talk to their own families about the challenges that that they're having, and so they don't feel comfortable having those conversations at all. Well, they don't know how to because they yeah. don't have them themselves. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the principal themselves probably under another. 50,000 times as much stress and pressure and there's probably got a whole lot of things going on in their life as well. So I try and, back to, you, to answer your question, I just try and keep it really simple around where is my relationship with this person and at what level will dictate the conversation that we have, yep. uh, understanding that my primary uh, role here is to try and listen and help get help if if required, if not required. to be a super specialist and you know psychologist in that moment. Yeah, we um, at Lang and Simmons, we have um, at our induction day, so everybody who joins the brand goes through an induction day and we talk about the Real Care app yep. and we get people to download the Real Care app. And we've also at, um, got our own um, employee assistance program. Yep. We say, okay, here's the number, put it into your phone now and if somebody at work is a little bit, you know, you're concerned about them, you can just send. You don't even have to say anything if you're That's not right. comfortable. You can just send yeah this phone number and say, hey, this is our this is our counsellor. Why don't you, you know, you feel, it seems to me like you need someone to talk to. It's free. Why don't you reach out? Yeah, that's right. And all that stuff is resourcing and it's, you know, it, it's part and parcel of having the bottom-up conversation and it's the top-down support almost. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what's next for you? I'm still sort of focusing on people that, want to sort of hit it out of the park and who are. Um, because here's another thing. It's, it's not real estate's fault. Like, you know, real estate's demanding and it's pressured and there's a lot of expectation. But the mental health is, real estate isn't the cause of our mental health, you know. Yeah. It's, it's something happening within us that's been triggered by that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to understand because people go, oh, bloody real estate. Real estate's causing stress and it's causing this. Now, at the end of the day, we're sort of responsible for where we're at and it might trigger things and we might have the capability to deal with it at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it, it rests on us. And so I'm really interested in those people that, you know, are really doing well in their careers and their businesses, uh, but the life part, or the mental game or the self 
uh, internal mechanisms are not working the way that they want them. Yeah. Yeah. They might have uh, have incredible ability to create great businesses, but the relationships aren't working. Their mindset's not right on. They they have some mental health challenges, but they're not being the father that they want to be. They don't look after their health. And so getting that part right and getting the business continually successful is that whole complementary, holistic approach to, to living. So yeah. I'm really passionate about that. And I just created the uh, Self-Leadership Institute Australia, which is uh, is about working with people at that level on self-leadership. So oh, wow. that's something that's just been uh, created on the 23rd of September. Wow. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. So that's about uh, helping people lead the you within. And I think that's um, part of that is that mental health journey as well. Totally. Yeah. You can't lead anybody else if you can't lead yourself. That's what they say. And so whilst we have a barrage of great leadership training and stuff in the the world, there's not a lot, not enough on what I call you leadership. And so, you know, my uh, focus now is to take uh, everything that I've done already with people and put it under the, Self-Leadership Institute Australia banner and sort of work on new leadership as an offering to uh, the people that I already work with and the people that are to come. Amazing. I'll look forward to hearing more about it. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. It's always a pleasure, Leanne, and uh, it's great to watch uh, what you're doing at the moment, Langan Simmons, and uh, you look, you're, you're everywhere. So Yeah, there's lots going on. I'm having a really good time, which is um, which is nice, right? Yeah. So I got a question for you. Okay. How do you take care of your mental health? Yeah, you're a high-powered, high-pressured. You 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 run across a lot of uh, a lot of things. You got a lot of responsibility, a relationship. You like you, you know, you, but you still you know you come across as a strong person who knows who they are and what they need to do. And you have a lot big in big motor, big endurance. Yeah. Um, and um, hang on a second. I've just been interrupted. By I was going to say, yeah, we need to see your puppy. Too Jesus gorgeous for words. And so, yeah, so how do you at your level? And um, yeah, it's a good question. I um, I try and take care of, you know, exercise and, and I eat well and all of those sorts of things. Um, I do talk to myself. Yeah. Um, so I tend to, if I'm stressed about something, I tend to procrastinate. Yep. Um, and um, And I make things out to be a bigger deal than they actually are. It's amazing how um, simple things are once you start to do them. Yeah, so you know right. what I mean. So yeah, I do. T- I talk to myself in the third person. Yeah, come on, Leanne. You know better than that, Leanne. Yeah. Um, and I breathe. I've got like that for the box breathing. Yeah, that's when I when I'm getting when I get anxious and I do I do I don't get depressed. Yeah. Um, but I do get anxious and when I get anxious, I I do the breathing. Well, you're leading the charge in, in this conversation as well, so I really appreciate that. Hey, absolute pleasure. Um, I'll look forward to seeing you again very soon. Yes, thank you. Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.